I'll let you in on a little secret. Reaching your revenue goal won't change your life, but hitting your profit goal, that absolutely will. If you want to build a life-first business this year, you need to create more margin, both in your finances and in your schedule. If you're ready to double down on profit-generating strategies that actually work so you can work four-day weeks, go on real vacations, or even take the summers off, you won't want to miss this. In my free masterclass, Double Your Profit While Working Less, you'll learn exactly how to set your business up to scale so you can give yourself a raise, create a clear plan for how to work that dream schedule, and step into your CEO era, the one where you and your business aren't just surviving, but thriving. You can grab this free masterclass at www.jadeboyd.co backslash double your profit masterclass or go to the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Welcome to the Jade Boyd podcast, a podcast about redefining productivity for the modern woman in business. I'm your host, Jade Boyd. As a business coach, I help overwhelmed business owners simplify and scale their service-based businesses with smart marketing strategies and seamless systems. On this podcast, we talk about all things marketing and productivity. If you're ready to strategically grow your business, ditch the busy work, and make space for what really matters, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Jade Boyd Podcast. So today, I'm very excited to welcome Mariah Danielson to the podcast. Um, Mariah is a graphic designer, and she actually did my design work last year for my photography business, and I absolutely loved working with her. And Mariah's business has always been one that's fascinated me, and I have been waiting for this conversation for a long time. So having her on the podcast is a great excuse to be able to ask her some of these questions, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear her answers too. Um, So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Mariah? Yeah. Hi. Um, So I am Mariah Danielson and I work with dreamers and doers so they can confidently shine. And I do this through um, really thoughtful branding, why discovery, um, show at websites, and then just different courses and resources for creative entrepreneurs. Um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We have two boys and in the fall we bought four acres. Um, kind of outside of the Quad Cities, and we're looking forward to um, adding chickens and a greenhouse and uh, tons of flowers this spring. So oh my gosh, that's I life right now. <laughs> I didn't know that you were getting chickens and everything, but yeah. I did see you talk about the wildflower field, and yeah. I'm very jealous of that. <laughs> that was the selling point. I saw that. It's about an acre, and I saw that. I was like, last week, I literally just said I needed a wildflower acre in my life and it was here. So it was all just kind of meant to be, but yeah, we'll add a big garden and greenhouse and um, chickens in the uh, spring, which I'm super excited about. Hopefully. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you and I'm excited to see it. Yay. Very jealous as a photographer. It'd be great to have a wildflower (laughs) field in my backyard. (laughs) Yes. Perfect for that. Yeah. Um, So As we get started, let's talk a little bit about branding and how you define branding, because I do feel like it's a word that's thrown around a lot without really thinking about what that word means. So tell us what branding means to you and maybe um, address some of the misconceptions that entrepreneurs may have when they first learn about or think about doing their own branding. Yeah. So a lot of people think branding is just a logo. Um, 
that you slap on your product or, you know, your social media profile and you've got it all figured out, but branding so much more than that. Um, I think it is just every touch point that a customer has with you and your company. So it could be the tone of that first email that comes out. Um, it's how your images all flow together flow together in um, your social media profiles. It's your color palette, the patterns, um, secondary marks, um, you know, just anything that a customer sees and how they it how it makes them feel when they come in contact with your brand. And I especially believe this is so important for uh, creative entrepreneurs because generally we are one woman or one person owned businesses. And so we have our hands in so many different aspects of the business. And so it's just important to keep everything consistent throughout. So um, people have that same brand experience with, you know, every piece they come in contact with. Um, it's the, you know, when everything's consistent, it's the perfect way to reach to reach and speak to your ideal client. So I know as a solopreneur myself, I struggled for a long time knowing like when is the right time to invest in my brand because I was so frustrated by trying to do it myself. It's not my skill set. But at the same time, I didn't know how to communicate what I wanted my brand to stand for because as a beginning entrepreneur, sometimes it takes a while to figure out what you actually want to niche down into or who your ideal client is. So can you give maybe some advice for the small business owner who's just starting out, is frustrated with branding? but is not sure if they're ready to invest in hiring a graphic designer or not? Like, when do they know that they're ready? Yeah, this is such a good question. Um, because, yeah, when you just start out in business, you probably don't quite know your niche yet. You might, like, even switch what you're doing altogether. I know I had my hands in so many different things before I landed on just being a boutique um, graphic design company. And so if I would have invested, you know, thousands in branding, for my first wedding coordinating business that lasted, you know, three years, I would have been pretty upset. So um, I think there is that uh, time period where you have to get to know yourself, get to know, you know, what you really like about business, the type of people you really like to work with, um, you know, get into your groove, gain some traction and start making some money. And then if you're consistently booking clients and you feel like, oh, I like working with these people, then I think it's time then to investing, invest in branding that truly speaks to who you are, that tells your story and speaks to your ideal clients. Before that, though, I think it's totally okay to um, have a designer, which this might be like a unpopular opinion, but um, it is okay to DIY your branding or hire somebody to just create a logo mark for you while you're trying to get your footing. Cause it is that, you know, tough time where you don't know, I don't even know what I for sure want to be doing. How am I supposed to invest, you know, a ton of money into branding when it might change? I know that's always a fear. So yeah. I think if you just wait a little bit, get your groove. Um, and then when you're feeling confident in your work, that's when you invest in something that's truly um, speaks to who you are and what you do. 
Can you speak a little bit about the differences between building a personal brand and building a company brand? Because I feel like beginning entrepreneurs, when they're first starting out, it can be more strategic to build their personal brand because it is something that pivots a little bit easier than building a brand name that's separate from their own name. Can you yeah. speak a little bit about the difference between those things and how you navigate like which one is strategic for a business to do? Yeah. So in this case, I can really only speak on personal branding because I have always felt like any brand that I have is an extension of me. And um, I want to share my life with my, you know, um, clients on Instagram. It kind of gets blurry a little bit because I am my brand. Yeah. It is very personal for me. If my kids are home with me and I have a meeting, then that's just kind of part of my brand. It might be, you know, a cop out, but it's just how I live my life and how my life is intertwined with my brand. And so I truly think personal branding, I think it's important for creative entrepreneurs because putting your personality into everything that you do makes you stand out from somebody else who is also doing social media planning or a different photographer that might have the same ideal clients. They're choosing you for who you are as a person. Um, I did work in corporate for five years for a company that had restaurants. And yeah, that's different because there just wasn't as much. I mean, you had to come up with strategies that spoke to clients. Um, but for me, that was just a little bit harder because it wasn't my brand, you know. And there's other cases where you're building a brand that might be a little more professional or needs to be a little more professional. And maybe you don't want all the details of your life in it, or you can't have it mm -hmm. all in there. But um, I still think there's ways to infuse something a little bit different into those brands, some sort of splash of your personality that would be, um, you know, safe to yeah. share. And I think that's a really important thing to note because I think especially if you're coming from a nine to five corporate job where you try very much as much as you can, it's not possible to separate your work life from your personal life mm -hmm. and they're completely different. It is challenging as an entrepreneur because you want to have that work-life balance and separate them a little bit so you can turn off work for a little bit. But in reality, there is no separation because you mm -hmm. are your business as a solopreneur yeah. and as a creative, like they're one in the same. Yeah. Um, and so I think that is even a breath of fresh air and a little bit of permission to be yourself. Like you don't yeah. have to be this professional in your own business. You just have to yeah. be you. And it's actually strategic to do that. So I think that was super helpful. Um, but it kind of ties into your why discovery too, which yeah. I am fascinated with. So <laughs> you have this service called Find Your Why. Tell us yep. more about what that is, how you came to add that to your service suite and the work that you do through that service. Yeah. So I always get weird talking about finding your why because I'm a very like down to earth, I need the facts sort of person, like give me a checklist and I can get it done. And the whole idea of finding your why sounds a little bit fluffy, like, oh, I'm going to find this and all my problems will be solved. Um, so I was kind of skepti skeptical about it for a little bit, but uh, the more that I do it, just it's so rooted in everything that we are. 
So um, find to find your why basically is to find your life purpose. And that sounds like a daunting goal, but uh, really it's just digging through stories from your past that were impactful to you, things that stick out in your brain and uncovering like, how did you feel in those moments? Um, you know, how did you react? Why did it stick in your brain? And generally in all the stories that are like that, the same themes are uncovered. So maybe it was something that gave you tons of confidence. You like landed your first big job and you killed the interview and you were so excited. Um, and then maybe another story was where your confidence was killed and um, you just, you felt like nothing. But all these stories tend to have the same five to 10 themes. And when you pull from those themes, it all starts kind of coming together into this purpose of how you react, how you live, how you show up, and your why statement ends up being this overarching theme that you strive for each day. And I think some people get confused about what a a why is. Um, They think they have a why for their business, or my why is to um, raise my kids at home so they have, you know, um, your why never changes and it spans across the whole spectrum of your life. So your why is the same for how you are at home, how you are with your friends, how you are in your business, and it will never change, which is so wonderful because you don't have to keep finding your why over and over and over again. It's a one and done thing. Um, Can you give us some concrete examples of why statements for someone who is maybe completely unfamiliar to what a why is just to have something concrete to think about and what what does that even look like? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So my personal why statement is to build others up so they can confidently shine. And as a two on the Enneagram, that is me to an absolute T. Um, It's how I um, show up in my friendships. I want my husband and my kids to succeed so much to the point where I drive them to maybe do stuff that they like don't want to do, but I just want them to be really good at it. Um, But it really relates to my work in, I can give somebody branding that feels like them, that gives them the confidence to go out there and pursue their dream and share their gifts. Um, Same with why discovery. All of this comes together into my why statement. And for example, one of my stories that really sticks out in my head was when I was a kid, I think Free Willy came out around this time. So way back then, um, I told my dad I wanted to be a marine biologist. And uh, in his own way, he was trying to protect me, but he told me, marine biologists, there's barely any of them. And you'd have to move to Florida to probably to be a marine biologist. So it's probably not going to happen for you. And in my head, he's protecting my heart. Like, I'm not going to get crushed. Or maybe he just didn't want me to move to Florida. But (laughs) in my head, it told me my dad didn't believe in my dream. Mm. Um, But I just grew up in a really practical household where you had, you know, dreams that were attainable. You went to college, you got a job, and that was, like, you were stable and you had um, security, basically. And so when he told me that, it just made me feel like nobody believes in my dreams, so I can't reach them. And in turn, that's just one story that's driven me to want to help other people, you know, fulfill their dreams. And I want them to know that I believe in them through all of these tools that I give them. 
So how did you come through that journey to find your own why without somebody like yourself (laughs) to sit down with you and help you come to that conclusion? Because I've been thinking about my why for a long time and I feel like I've come very close to nailing it down, but it's still a little bit fuzzy. Like it is very empowering to have those words to describe it, but it's so hard to do it for yourself. So how did you come to that, to that statement for yourself? Yeah. So in 2011, I was working my corporate job and I found Marie Forleo must have been, um, through like studying marketing or something for my job. Um, I found Marie Forleo and I had like the entrepreneurial itch. And so um, she had just launched B-School, which if you don't know Marie or B-School, Marie's amazing. And she, she has tons of amazing videos for creative entrepreneurs, but B-School is her course. That's eight weeks and walks you through everything on how to build a business. And I did that. And when I was done, I won a ticket to a live event in New York City. And Simon Sinek was speaking there. He had just wrote, yeah, he just wrote his book, Start With Why. And I heard him speak about this and we each got a copy of his book. Um, And afterward, I don't even know what I talked to him about, but I talked to him after the conference and I was so excited. He gave me a coin that on one side, um, it said, inspire action or something. And on the other side, had his um the circle with the why in the middle and then the how and then the what and I took that in my pocket and I forgot about it for like seven years (laughs) I randomly found it and I thought you know what I was feeling kind of lost I just had my second child um I think I had a little bit of some postpartum depression I just like I I had to find a change the clients I was working with were taking advantage of my time and my energy and raising two boys at home, like I just couldn't do it anymore. So I ended up finally reading Start With Why. And it really spoke to me. Basically, um, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And that really resonated with me like, okay, I need to infuse myself into my brand, really get clear on why I'm doing this and why it matters. And, you know, get my head back on my shoulders. So I um, found the companion book that's called find your why. And it's basically a workbook that goes with the find your or start with why book. And I followed the process and you're supposed to use a partner, but I used my journal as a partner. So I chose I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just, I chose my stories. And I wrote, I wrote them in my journal as I would tell somebody. And then I think like a day later, I went back and read through them somehow as a third party and um, (laughs) uncovered the themes in there. And so I came up with my why statement and then a whole paragraph on, it just clicked. It felt so good. And then after that, I um, led at a conference where I helped 14 women find their why, which in through partner why discovery, which was like, okay, I think I can really do this. And it's just really grown from there. Um, And then this time last year, I actually hired Simon's team to find my why with me, just so I knew that I was doing it correctly. And my why statement was spot on. Wow. um, From what I had come up with. However, I did get to find out my what my big themes are, which become um, kind of the filter for how you do business um, in the day to day, how you make decisions and stuff. So that was really eye opening. And so now I've incorporated that into why discovery as well. 
Can you share a couple of your themes just to yeah. give an example? Yep. Um, so my why is to build others up so they can confidently shine. Um, but some of my other big themes that came up aside from the confidence thing and building others up was together. Um, so I really like being together, um, community and safety. So basically I like to invest in relationships and foster a sense of community. Um, another big one was recognition and validation. So um, I really like giving and getting credit where credit is due. Um, I also need to give myself recognition because I'm, well, two wing three. So I just go on to the next thing. Once I achieve it, I just move on and I don't necessarily um, celebrate the wins. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's hard for me to do. But um, yeah, so basically the validation and giving credit where credit is due um optimism and faith so I always like to look for the good I try to and I've really found that I can only really work with people who are optimistic as well um somebody who wants to fight and find an answer and um grow and learn and it's never just you know well this is life and I can't get any better I love working with people who have some sort of drive um for better and can see the good And then intuition, which that one was hard for me because I think um, intuition, I just, the word is so overused, but it's something different for me. Um, And basically it's just, I'm a rule follower and I've found in through my stories that the times that I broke the rules were some of the biggest breakthroughs for me. So um, another one of my themes is to trust my instincts, even when it breaks the rules. That's amazing. So now these, these are the things I can go through when a project comes up. So um, say it's a new opportunity to um, speak at a conference or something. Uh, Will there be like, will there be um, an opportunity for optimism or to have faith? Will I be, is there, are these people optimistic? Are they happy? Um, Will I be able to trust my instincts even if it breaks the rules? So maybe it's not necessarily my niche, but they want to learn about finding their why and it's a complimentary niche or something. Then I'm kind of breaking the rules by going outside of my niche, but, you know, just something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, will I get credit, you know, for what I'm doing or will someone take the credit? Uh, and will there be... Um, a sense of community? Will I be able to invest in relationships? So if one of those things is off and, or one or two of those things is off, then I'm like, I'm not going to be happy that I did this. It's going to be one of those things that just um, I'll regret wasting my time on down the road. Um, So yeah, you're just able to use your, your extra themes as filters for what you do next. That is incredibly helpful for entrepreneurs, especially creatives, because I do feel like it is so hard for us to set boundaries. I mean, especially in that business building phase where you're figuring out what you're trying to do and what is a good fit and what isn't. Yeah. To some extent, you have to learn the hard lessons the hard way. Yeah, you do. But once you're more established, I feel like it's still hard to set those boundaries and tell people no, especially when it comes to like people who love people and love spending time with people and just want to help people but you can't help everybody and um 
yeah, it's just good to have boundaries. But tell me when somebody has their why statement. Well, here, first of all, I'm still trying to get over the fact that Simon Sinek personally handed you the golden <laughs> circle and a coin and you yes. forgot about it for seven years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to like get past that. Um, but once you help somebody find their why and they have this statement, I can imagine it's just like this moment of release where they're like, wow, finally, I have the words to communicate something that I knew but didn't have words to say. But once they have their statement, what do you suggest they do with it? Like, what's the next step that they take that statement and do in their business or in their personal life? Yeah. So when I do a Y discovery call with somebody, the first call is two hours. And then we take a break for a week after we've found their why, um, which is super emotional, by the way, when you are able to pull together everything that someone has felt for their entire lives into one little yeah. package. Like I cry every call, like every call I cry just because again, it ties so much back to my why is I'm giving these people this thing. Like we've worked on it together and um, just the words that fit. But so we sit with the why statement for a week and then we hop on another one hour call. And that's when we dive into the themes and how to turn those themes into the questions that you ask yourself when an opportunity comes up. Um, and then we also work on spinning your why statement into, because uh, you have to share it. Like you can have a why statement, but nobody's going to know what you stand for if you don't actually share it. So mm -hmm. we spin it into um, a phrase or a statement that you can comfortably say when somebody asks you what you do. So I did that at the beginning of the podcast episode. It might sound a little fluffy when I say I work with dreamers and doers so they can confidently shine, but it tells you who I work with, the type of people I work with. And then I add on. So the most important stuff comes first. Like I work with these people. Um, and then I go into what, what I do for them. And it instantly, it creates like this, um, almost a filter with who even wants to talk to you further. So yeah. if somebody's not a dreamer or a doer, or they don't care about being confident or they're already confident, then I don't like they're not going to be drawn to what I have to say. It kind of cuts off the conversation if it needs to, um, or it pulls in those people who are really, you know, have the same feeling and, um, you know, deep inside hope <laughs> for yep. the future that you do. Um, so we help, I help them come up with that. And then generally we spin it into um, like a mission statement for their business that they can put on their website. So they have some copy for their website that immediately draws those people in or repels them. Um, those are the starting points for what to do with your why. Have you ever had a client that you've worked with who hasn't been able to find their why? At the very beginning, I think I just was a little green and didn't exactly, you know, know quite what I was doing. Um, I've had people who I haven't been able to help them. This was at the beginning, so like two years ago, haven't been able to help them really break down into the correct words that they want to use to something that feels like them. Um, but generally, everyone that I work with after the first call, we have a why statement that feels like them that um, resonates with who they are deep down in their soul. I think you have a special talent. Like I know you worked with Simon Sinek and his team, but just the fact that you could read that book and journal it and find it yourself, I think you have a special way with words. And I've seen some of the why statements that you've shared for your clients. And I'm 
amazed. It's not something that I think I would be able to do. So I've always been impressed and just so curious on how you do what you do. I used to write that off like, oh, everybody can do it or, you know, but I, I truly think we all have a gift. And I just think that my gift and purpose is to help others. And this is just one way that I can do it. So I'm going to pivot the conversation a little bit and turn to productivity for creatives, especially and creatives who are working at home like us. <laughs> so you have littles at home with you. And we were just talking before we started the recording that you just moved houses and your working situation is a little bit different now since your office isn't in the playroom anymore. Yeah. But can you give some tips and advice on how you manage a creative business while being a mom and working from home? Any advice or tips that you have that you would like to share? Yeah. So I quit my corporate job in 2012, guys, 10 years now. It's crazy to me to think about. I've been doing this for 10 years, but I didn't, I did it because um, there's like a big growth opportunity at the company. And I was like, I was terrified and I didn't want to do it. I I dreaded it. It was more work. I knew I wasn't going to be compensated for the extra work I was doing. And it just worked out perfectly that my husband was graduating his apprenticeship in a few months. So he would be making full scale at his job. And so he just said quit. And I couldn't believe it because I didn't have a plan. I was side hustling, but like, I didn't really have clients. I was doing wedding um, blogging and stuff, but I really wasn't making all that much money. And then I was doing graphic design on the side for local businesses. But I quit my job and then between 2012 and the end of 2014, I don't even know what I did. I don't know what, (laughs) (laughs) but then I had my baby in uh, December of 2014 and 2015, I made more money than I had ever made because I had to get very intentional and clear with what I was doing. My time mattered more than anything at that point, because once you have kids, you only have small pockets of time. And I found that there wasn't as much time to be scrolling Facebook or, uh, you know, pinning on Pinterest. It was get the work done and move on. I still had to find ways to be creative. And there was still some of that, um, like Pinterest stuff, but I just had to be really intentional with my time. And so those days were foggy, but I think that any chance I could have like a couple hours away, because I'm a type of person I need at least a two hour block of time if I'm going to get anything worth getting done done. Mm-hmm. If I need I need creative space. If I only have 15 minutes, then I'm answering emails and I feel like I'm just answering emails all the time because I only have 15 minutes. Yep. Um, so any chance I could, I would get away to a coffee shop for a couple hours of focused work time. Uh, for the first little bit, that was pretty few and far between. But then, um, like I said, after my second baby, I really had to get focused especially if I wanted my business to grow like I wanted it to. I've always had that feeling inside of me that that like I'm here to do something more and it's just finding out what that is. And that doesn't work hard when you're tired all the time and, you know, are raising babies and are unfocused. So um, I think, yeah, to stay focused, I had to just, just find pockets of time wherever I could to sit down and really just get to work. Um, I did daycare for, I think, six months, one day a week. So Mondays were my day. I would go to um, Starbucks and I'd work from about nine until three o'clock and um, could get most everything done, all the big stuff done. And then 
I would make changes, you know, early in the mornings or late at night or throughout the day, you know, when kids are sleeping or at preschool or something. Um, now I found that I get in my groove if I get up at about 4.15 or 4.30 in the morning and can work until 6.30 or 7 before anyone wakes up. And then I feel so accomplished because I just got, you know, two hours of work in before anybody even woke up. And mm-hmm. if nothing else goes right that day, then then it's perfect. But now I have one in school full time and one in preschool three mornings a week. And so I use the Monday, Wednesday, Friday preschool hours to um, go to a coffee shop and work, especially now that I don't have an office at yeah. my house. Um, if I don't go out of the house, I will do dishes or make the bed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is really helpful as someone, even as someone who does not have kids, I think there's this fear in the back of my mind, like, oh no, my business is going to be over when I have kids because I do have so much freedom and flexibility right now. But I also resonate with what you said about being more productive when you only have small pockets of time. Cause I do find on the days where I have no meetings and I have the whole day free, those are the days where I just distract myself and work on things that are fun and get the least amount done, even though I have the most amount of time. So isn't that funny how that it works? It is so funny. I'm the same way. <laughs> and I also love how early you get up because in grad school, I would have these days where I'd get so overwhelmed. And the earliest coffee shop that opens in this area is Caribou Coffee. And they open at 5 a.m. So I would be there right at 5 a.m. I would get all of my assignments done before my 8.30 a.m. class. And then I would feel so accomplished during the day. So you're giving me all these tips and tricks that I'm kind of pulling together, making me feel less anxious. But hopefully for people who are moms or about to become moms and Mm -hmm. have littles and are maybe frightened or struggling, like I think it is really encouraging that it's totally possible and maybe even more productive. (laughs) Right. And I think it's hard to know how it's going to be for you. Yeah. And when I think back to the years when they were younger and needed me so much, I don't know how I did it. I really don't know how I do it. I think I just, or how I did it. I think I just took it day by day and did what I could each day. Sometimes it was staying up late and I used to love staying up late to work. And now I'm like, I gotta be asleep by nine 30. Otherwise <laughs> I don't function very well, but, um, I just think you, you make it work. So anybody who is working from home and worry about becoming a mom, and, you know, keeping the productivity up, you just find a way it just comes the same way motherhood comes, you know, intrinsically, this comes like that, too, especially if you're so driven to succeed and, you know, make your dreams happen, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I want to talk a little bit more about, so we have as a culture, I think this definition of productivity that it's output and it's constant, Mm -hmm. but I want to kind of challenge that because for creative entrepreneurs, two hours doesn't mean two hours of constant output, especially when you're creative and Mm -hmm. photography is much different than designing because you are creating something brand new for every single client, Mm -hmm. whereas editing photos can be a little bit mindless sometimes, I will admit, but how do you protect that? creative space and making sure that you have enough energy and like it's emotional energy, it's mental Mm -hmm. energy, creative energy to get that work done. And how do you plan time for that? Not knowing when you're going to get the right idea, right inspiration. Right. I think this is tough for me. I generally feel creative and productive and ready to go most of the time. But I would say even in the last 
well, since December, when things get so busy and kids are home from school and families in town, I have really hard time finding time to feel creative. Um, but when I'm not feeling creative, I would say I have so many like little things around me that I absolutely love. Like I have a candle going, I'll put on music. Um, mood boarding always helps me if I'm not mm. feeling creative, just taking an hour to go through and see what catches my eye, what is inspiring me in that moment. Um, and then kind of pulling it together so I can see a vision in front of me. It's, it's hard to muster up the creativity when you just don't feel like it's there. And it is really hard to do that creative work then too. So I haven't run into it a ton, but there have been times when I feel like I just need a little more time on a logo because I'm not, I don't have the capacity to feel that creativity at the moment, which almost sounds like not, not professional, but it's just how, how creative um, roles work sometimes. Yeah. You don't want to just push something out the door and get it done and not have it, you know, speak to the customer and who they are. You want it to really have that um, reason that they hired you to be shown in it. So um, sometimes it might take an extra couple of days on a project if I'm just not feeling that creativity. But generally, if I just surround myself with the things I love, read through my goals and where I want to be, I can generally get the, um, you know, inspiration flowing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's funny how subtly our environments affect our ability to think and create in mm -hmm. just the littlest ways. Um, I mean, we were talking about this because we were talking about our office woes before we started yeah. recording. Yeah. But I just moved into my new office this week and it has made such a difference just to have a different space in a different room. I don't even have a door yet. Yeah. <laughs> it still helps so much just to go into an environment and be like, okay, this is the space where I work and focus. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. something that just flips the switch in your mind. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, lighting a candle and having inspiration around you. Those are great tips. Um, time for bonus round. As we're wrapping up, I have a few questions that are a yeah. little bit more on the fun side. So the first one, what is the your favorite book that you have read recently and this can be personal or business yeah oh man last year I feel like I read so much in 2020 and 2021 I read so much at least the first part of 2021 but my mind blanked when I first tried to think of one because <laughs> what have I even read lately but then I'm just gonna go back to some of my all-time favorites um that really were breakthrough points for me so Overcoming Under Earning. Um, I've never heard of that one. I think her name is Barbara Stanny. But she just talks about how we have this block in our mind about how much we can make. And what I really loved about it was at the end there, at the end of each chapter, there's questions. Um, so I love like the putting it to, to work right away aspect of a book if there are questions. Um, because I feel like I'm not just wasting my time get, putting more information in my head without actually yeah. asking on it. So I really, that book changed the way I thought about money and how much I could earn. Um, and just a really simple, you know, and thought out way. And then of course, I love Marie Forleo's Everything is Figureoutable. And you know, that one's a couple years old, but Again, it had the questions at the end and she had a challenge with it at the beginning. And I just love the being able to take action where it's almost more like a course 
mm-hmm. and you're, you know, actually moving the needle forward in your business as you're reading it. So. I, this might be a dangerous question for me to keep asking people because I've heard <laughs> books like none other. Yeah. I've been wanting to read Marie Forleo's book for a long time. So probably yeah. going to buy these two. <laughs> oh, they're good. They're good. Um, what is your favorite podcast to listen to? Again, like in 2020, I was so like business minded. I read every business book I could listen to every business podcast I could, but I feel like partway through the year last year, I kind of was just like, I need a little bit of a break. Um, and so I actually started listening to the old fashioned on purpose podcast and she's just, um, a homesteader and she talks about canning and gardening and that's a poor, I feel like I kind of have the business side of my life down. Whereas, um, I, cause it's easy and I love to work. Like I just have to be working all the time. So this podcast just makes me feel like I'm being encouraged to slow down a little bit mm. and enjoy being outside and, you know, savoring the things that we grow and kind of being in awe of it and appreciating it. So that's what I'm into right now. <laughs> that is awesome. And I've started to get into that too. And actually in episode two, I talk about marketing trends for 2022 and -hmm. this like desire to go back to a time when things were simpler and slower is a huge trend that is on so many different marketing reports. And I think it makes so much sense from what we've experienced in the last two years. And even you saying like last year, I just needed a break and couldn't consume all the media. And I totally feel that for sure. Um, But on the flip side of that, what (laughs) is one productivity tool that you could not live without in your business? I would say probably I use 17 hats for my project management system. And I think I've used that for three years now. And I think when I first signed up and got it all set up, I was like, I have an assistant now. Like it just Mm -hmm. felt like I had like I all my email templates are in there and my contracts and it's just one click to send an inquiry, you know, response now, which is amazing i love it um i would say that and then i hired a va nicole and um she's she's my productivity tool 17 plus (laughs) yes yes because she does some design work for me um little updates she saves all the logos that i design because that's a big process after the fun work is all done then you have to save like so many logos and so many different file types and colors yeah. So she does that stuff for me and it frees my mind to um, just focus on the stuff that I love to do. Mm-hmm. And have that creative space too. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your go-to relax and unwind activity when you need a break? I'm just envisioning you frolicking in the wildflower field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm not quite sure what it is at this house. Uh, it will be the wildflower field and the garden once we get that growing at our old house uh, we had a big garden too and just being out there and picking flowers and I don't know listening to my boys play just it just makes me happy um other than that though I would say if I really need just like a breath of fresh air I'll go to a greenhouse um or like a hot drink and a book and the fireplace I love that so much. Coffee or tea? Um, it depends, but almost always coffee. Yep. Okay. 
I thought so. <laughs> um, any last words of advice that you want to leave for our listeners today? I would just say, if you're just starting out, just do the best you can. You're not going to be able to invest in all of these tools right up front, but just have it in your head that, you know, eventually these things are going to matter and it will drastically change the course of your business once you do, because your why statement and um, branding that speaks to you and finding your ideal customer, that just really hones in your what you do and the type of people that you work with. And then work just gets to be fun and you book the right clients and your calendar is booked for months and um, it just feels really good to be doing the work you love. So if you're new, hang in there. And if you're, you know, a seasoned entrepreneur, um, those are definitely some things to look into to grow and to, um, you know, continue forward. Absolutely. And we didn't even get to talk about ideal clients or target customers directly. Um, Mariah yeah. has so much good information to share and so many helpful resources for people. So can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you to get more of this good stuff after the show? Yeah. My website is wanderdesignco.com and you can find me on Instagram at wanderdesignco. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was so good to catch up with you, Mariah. Yes. Always love chatting with you, Jade. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Jade Boyd podcast. If today's episode was helpful, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast today. Your reviews help more small business owners discover helpful episodes every week. And if you want more productivity and marketing tips, head on over to Instagram and follow me at jadevoid.co. And lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes for the tools and resources we discussed on today's episode before you go. I'll see you next time on the Jade Boyd Podcast. The number of women burning out is at an all-time high right now, and I'm on a mission to change that. If you're a service provider who's feeling overwhelmed, overworked, and underpaid, don't let another year go by staying stuck. The Business Edit is a 12-month group coaching program that helps you declutter your business from top to bottom so that you can have shorter to-do lists, a clear strategy to scale, and know exactly what to focus on each week to drive results in your business. You'll end the year with the business that you've been dreaming of building, one that gives you your life back and pays you more than you've ever made before. In the program, you'll follow my signature five-step method for scaling your service-based business. You'll get business minimalist strategy, marketing, systems, and productivity roadmaps that are simple to understand and easy to implement, plus 12 months of customized one-on-one coaching to help you every step of the way. Join me inside the business edit at www.jadeboyd.co backslash coaching and get my step-by-step blueprint with everything you need to build your dream business in 2024. Now back to the show.